This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. <laughs> Help me! Help! Help! All right, welcome, welcome to the Ward Scott Files. Professor Ward Scott here in the Manly Warthog Command Cave in the Melon Law Studio. Melon Law, with 50 years of experience, is the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. They won't back down and they are a full service legal um, business. So if you have accident problems or other legal problems, you may consult. Of course, our great sponsor, Melden Law. And if you want your place protected 24-7, 365, do what we do at the uh, Warthog Manly Command Center here. We protect it with crime prevention. So we worry less with crime prevention. We add security systems by crime prevention. And you can contact them today at cpss.net. And of course, you can consult our mugshots brought to you by Maurice T. McDaniel, High Springs attorney. And I like to praise out, for example, my sponsor's uh, Style Cuts, who's the great style cut guy who leaves me looking great. And of course, Shoot DTR, where I'll be going later today to practice my skills. And um, we'll um, continue to uh, help uh, all the sponsors we have here, if you would, please. Uh, and and uh, we have some really good people who uh, are our construction, on-the-spot cleaners, uh, and uh, we feature those comments uh, sharply at the bottom of the hour break. And it's also our open line Friday, and we will probably keep this line uh, available to you much more than just Friday as we go along. Uh, so uh, you're welcome to call in at any time. Uh, the way that will work is you will call 352-389-3997. And of course, um, production will put you in um, the chat room and let you in as soon as we're ready to have a conversation with you. So uh, I certainly look forward to talking to you all. Some of you are very articulate and very bright and keep me on my toes. And I'm interested in what you have to say. So we got some things today that have struck my attention, of course, which I want to um, sort of comment on as, uh, as your local community pundit here both on local issues, state issues, and national issues, and even international issues. I keep promising to get into a review of Putin for long, which I think I may be able to get to today. But first of all, I, I, I got to tell you that the teacher in me never leaves. As you know, I consider this to be a, a classroom and you my students, and uh, I, I have to teach you well because you have to take care of me. So I have some sorry, selfish reasons for doing this. I want a very enlightened, uh, articulate community because I don't want to live in one run by people who crawl out of the UFO in 1947, as these people obviously did who run the city of Gainesville. But I couldn't, I, could, uh, I, 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 had, yeah, I couldn't escape looking at this thing about uh, the Gator quarterback uh, known to us uh, as Richardson. Uh, he, he is the uh, Anthony Richardson uh, he went to Eastside High School, and, uh, you know, I don't know the lad personally, but I'm always troubled by the fact that 
people get high school degrees without the skills you would think a high school degree would certify the person got. And that even gets uh, floated on up to the college level where our uh, quarterback is now Anthony Richardson at the college level. And any deficiency in attention to skills at East Side, he has brought along with him through no, maybe no fault of his own um, to the college level, where we continue to call these people students. Now, I guess they are, but are we watering down the skills of the students is the issue here. And, you know, it doesn't take many words. Um, it, it does not take very many words for me to uh, be drawn into a, a scrutiny of this whole issue I'm discussing with you, and that is the uh, integrity behind degrees. Uh, for me, one of the fundamental skills that a person needs to be able to do with uh, the English language and other languages as well, but I'm only going to talk about the English language, is to change time in your expressions. And um, the, uh, it's not the Gainesville Commission, by the way, Jim Murphy, it's a Lodgeville County Commission. Um, to change time with uh, verb tenses, that's where we control the change of time. And I have found that students by osmosis just wandering around on the earth uh, hearing nothing but English generally can change time from the present to the future. So uh, let's take a um, verb like an infinitive to like to decide. Um, I decide, uh, I decided, I will decide. But whenever you get to the perfect tenses, they fall off the cliff. They have no idea what you talking about. So if I ask him to give me a present perfect that, it would be I have decided. And if I ask him to give me the past perfect, it would be I had decided. And if I ask him to give me the future perfect, it would, would be I will have decided. So they can't do that. I've been, you know, I, I can promise you until I teach it to them. Why? Because they're native speakers. And they only can do that which they've been hanging around with and that is the language they bring. They think they formally know the language. Of course, they don't. Now, conversely, you take a person who's learned English as a second language who's come from, say, Nigeria. I happen to know of a person who came from Nigeria with $400 in his pocket. Um, when you look at him, you think probably he's from here because he looks like the black folk from here. But he's not. He's an African. Came here with $400 in his pocket, but doesn't speak our version of the language, he speaks the formally correct version of the language. And lo and behold, not long after the gentleman arrived in the United States of America, he now is driving a Mercedes, living in a gated community, and has found himself available to professionals for skills that he possesses, one of which, very essential one, is the control of the English language. So when I take a look at uh, one verb misconjugated, which is not infrequently misconjugated, by the way, I hear Troy Aikman do it. I hear these dancers who are paid millions of dollars, screw it up, and it's the verb tenses. So I was looking at this uh, comment about our young quarterback and the uh, uh, restitution he will have to pay for being a habitual speeder. He's just not a one-time speeder. He is a habitual speeder, which means to me, he is habitually putting my life and your life at risk selfishly. So here's the lesson that you would hope the courts would teach, all right? And obviously this judge, who is a Judge Rawls, probably, I guess, is trying to get at that because he's going to ask our young quarterback 
to write an essay explaining why he's a habitual speeder, which, of course, has something beneath it, not just a habitual speeder, but a habitual disregard for other people's welfare, welfare other than his own. That's really what we're talking about. Um, so um, he has now been asked by the judge or ordered by the judge um, to write an essay uh, explaining why he does this sort of thing. And in his testimony, apparently, if it's accurate by Troy Myers, you always have to wonder about that. But apparently uh, Richardson is quoted here as saying, I just remember driving home last night, Richardson did, said during his court hearing. Then a quote, I was putting in my maps. Huh? <clears throat> huh? So while driving, he's texting or doing some form of texting. Herein lies a real problem in our society. How many people are doing this? I talked to a lady a couple of days ago who has been rear-ended at a traffic light, stopped legally, not once, but twice. Why? Because the person behind her who ran into her was texting or fiddling somehow with the computer or the phone or somehow putting in the maps. So Richardson's testimony is he was putting in his maps and he didn't realize he was going that fast. And then he says, because I looked up and seen blue lights. Well, yours truly here, when I see and hear verbs misconjugated, it's like you going to the blackboard and running your fingernails down the blackboard. Most people object to that. It's irritating to them to the extent that they don't like to hear it. And this is what I see all of a sudden. I see a young man who was cheated on his education. If he got an actual high school diploma from Eastside High School and he can't conjugate the verbs properly and change time, and his only avenue to success in this world, of course, is not going to be through the student side. It's going to be through the athlete side, which I'm sure he's banking on. He already is being compensated for. But he's not going to be like the gentleman who came here from Africa with $400 in his pocket and now drives a Mercedes and lives in a gated community and makes six figures a year. That's not going to be the path he takes. Now, wherein is the responsibility for the education system? I submit to you that as this young man goes through the uh, four-year institution known as the University of Florida, which he very well may not go through entirely, uh, he will not learn to conjugate the verbs properly. And no one will care. It won't matter. There'll be excuses made. And that's the way the young man will go out into the world. So there's a whole pattern here of sloppy behavior. There's sloppy behavior on the part of the educational institutions. There's sloppy behavior on the part of our society in that we do two or three things at once. Uh, P. Green underhand always used to brag about how she was multitasking. Uh, here, the, apparently, our young quarterback is multitasking while he's driving. Um, and, of course, there is uh, the misunderstanding about how to change time with verbs. So uh, we'll see if writing an essay uh, gives this uh, gentleman any, any corrective behavior opportunities. Uh, I would like to be the one who read the essay. 
In fact, uh, Judge Michon Rawls, if you are so inclined, I would like to read the essay and, and uh, do what Keith Perry calls rather disparagingly graded, okay? Uh, one doesn't grade an essay. Uh, I want to tell the good senator that. One doesn't grade an essay. One looks for ways to strengthen the expression of the essay so that the author of the essay cannot be taken advantage of by people like me. Essays are rhetorical strategies. They are strategies for winning arguments. And I don't grade them. The success or lack of success of the strategy grades it. I just put down the mark that corresponds with the success or lack of success of the strategy. So that's the way it actually works. So I just wanted to comment on this a minute because this is symptomatic. It's uh, characteristic of our culture. Um, it is um, uh, rooted in our uh, low standards. Uh, the worst thing the education system is doing right now is making excuses for people like the uh, young quarterback here and blaming it perhaps on, uh, oh, issues at home or, uh, or, you know, on his side of town or, or whatever. And rather than say, hey, get yourself a good teacher, sit down here and learn how to do this. And everybody has a teacher or really should have had a teacher. And that teacher should be tough love because it's not easy to learn the grammatical system of thought. And the grammatical system of thought is structured at the sentence level, is structured at the, structured at the paragraph level, is structured at the essay level, it's structured at the fictional narratives where we have long works and we have a short intense versions of the language. All of this, and of course we have the liars over there doing their thing with argumentation and relying on precedent, which I'm gonna to get to next because that's is the, one of the ways in which I grade the liars. I don't really use any system any differently from that which I just shared with you about how I react to our young quarterback's language than I do how I react to a lawyer's language. I've taught a lot of people who became lawyers. I've been asked by law firms to come, which I've declined to do, um, go and hold a, a writing class inside their law firm because when they hire their young lawyers, uh, the young lawyers can't um, a write worth a hoot either. And I just haven't done that. I want to talk just other, another moment here about uh, um, some things that have happened that are really kind of interesting. And that is that our first person uh, has decided to go ahead and admit uh, that, but it's only part of the story again, uh, admit that he voted uh, uh, and shouldn't have. But how is it that he came to be registered? Well, that's already been exonerated. Those who registered him, regi registered him are, are not responsible. Now, I want you to remember this now. I want you to remember this because there's gonna be a lot of arguments about guns. And they're always trying to say the left is, well, by golly, you know, whoever sold him the gun needs to be sued or whoever manufactured the gun needs to be sued or whoever manufactured the ammunition needs to be sued. No, you don't. No, you don't. Not if the supervisor of elections can't be sued. If the supervisor of elections can send T.J. Pichet into the jail 
And I've got all the rap sheets here right in front of me, and I'm going to read them all to you. Um, into the jail and sign these people up. In other words, allow them to buy a gun with which they're going to shoot themselves and everybody else. Would you just please listen to this analogy for a moment? There's no difference. So let me get this straight. The supervisor of elections, that is the gun dealer, goes looking. This is the important thing. Goes looking for the gun, potential gun buyer. The gun buyer does not come to the gun seller. The gun seller goes to the potential gun buyer and tells the gun buyer that we're not going to check whether you are safe to buy the gun. That's not our responsibility. Huh? Is that what you're telling me? That's what you're telling me. So I'm the supervisor of elections. I can go to the Lachua County Jail and I can sell you a gun in effect, which you can shoot others with and yourself. Now, what do you say? What do you mean, Ward Scott? You can shoot others with and yourself. Well, you're going to vote. Which they did. Is that not shooting? Is that not? Let's use this phrase because be jeopardizing the integrity of the system? Is it not? FDLE said it was in his eight-month investigation. You got to have a brain in this society. Democracy counts on you having a brain. I have some people who I think are pretty smart, I hope so, and they send me the most childish dribble every day over the messenger system and the email system. It'll be little whatever jokes. And, you know, I'm just thinking, my God, to myself, is that all you guys have? Is that as deep as you guys go? Don't you understand that I ain't got time for that crap? And if I gave you a list of the people who do this to me every day, uh, it, it'd be embarrassing to them. Because, I mean, my God, I mean, are you not thinking, Mr. Citizen? Do I have to explain this to you again, Mr. Kramer? That you are, in effect, enabling the gun buyer to turn it not only on him, self, but us as well, and then exonerating yourself from any responsibility for the God having the gun, which is in this case, the right to vote. You cannot be serious. And I taught Brian Kramer. He was one of my students. And I hope he's, you know, he, he, he holds me in contempt, by the way. He doesn't think anybody watches this show. All this stuff gets back to me. Well, I don't care. But he needs to understand how this is working in the minds of the public, particularly somebody like me, who's not just wandering around, you know, sending goofy stuff on a messenger system with his friends. This is pretty heavy duty stuff. This guy, this, 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 this particular fellow, Daniel Roberts, I've got, listen, his record goes back to 1990. Is he supposed to call up, uh, 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 let, me, let me see if I understand this. He's supposed to call up Brian Kramer's V8 program, okay, and say, uh, Mr. Kramer, I'm thinking about buying a gun. Is it okay if I buy one? And this guy has already been involved with concealed weapon violations 
for several, several years. Is that what the VA program is? So I guess what the VA program is, is a background check. It's a verification of the background check, but you've got to initiate it yourself. This is the catch. When you go buy a pistol, you don't initiate the background check on yourself. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? The seller of the pistol instigates the background check. And that goes to a national database. I don't walk in to my good friends at Shoot GTR, our sponsor here, and say, Mr. Salesperson of the gun, uh, I want to run a background check on myself before I buy the gun. I don't do that. I say, I'd like to buy that gun. And they say, well, you can't buy it until we background check you. But when you come to the supervisor of elections, the supervisor of elections tells the gun buyer, the voter, I don't have to background check you. You have to background check yourself. Now, why did this guy plead? Because it makes sense. He can make his sentence run concurrently. He's already in the jug, the big house, until 2025. And so they gave him the option, okay, we'll just run this sentence concurrently and you won't do any extra time. And besides, you won't have to do it in the hapless Alachua County Jail. You can go to the big house. I don't know if you've ever been to the big house. It, it, it's built with the same money and the same architecture. We built our schools. with. The first thing you think of when you go in there is a big school with bars. A friend of mine, former student, used to be the classification officer of the place. I've been all through the thing, as I've told you. I've been, all, been to death row, been everywhere in the doggone place. So this is what strikes me as odd about this deal. I haven't found anybody with brain enough to write about this this way. Maybe I, maybe, maybe I should write about this this way. I, I don't know. I would run out of fingers and toes of things I should be, be writing about. But I'm, 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 I'm trying to teach you guys how this is working. Okay? That's the way it's working. Just think of the supervisor of elections as a gun dealer. And the hapless guy in the jail as a gun buyer. Who knows? He's got a record of already being denied the right to hold, have a gun, which hasn't stopped him, by the way. He's had a gun anyway. And then when he goes in there, he must think he, he must say, wow, they lost their mind because the gun dealer, the supervisor says, here, buy the gun. And we'll check your background later. But meanwhile, your vote will count. It is beyond nuts. Beyond nuts. So there's more to come. This is the first and many. You know, I'm also going to talk in depth here once again. Uh, I don't want to launch into this and not get only halfway through it. So I'll probably ask the um, um, my my my, uh, my guys to to. Uh, uh, take a break for our sponsors here in a minute, a few minutes early. 
It's a phone line. The phone line's open. You can call me. Uh, I'm getting ready to talk once again. Straighten out the narrative here uh, that John Henderson has some things wrong about in the Gainesville Sun about this boss art Dryles thing. I'm going to do that. I'm going to go through it and straighten it out for you because there's some things in there that just are misleading. Let's put it that way. Um, anything, you know, we got a few minutes here. I'm going to quiet down for a minute and see if anybody rings in. Um, take a little Mr. Wright coffee here. Hello, Donna Louise. I see you just checked on here, Facebook chat. Yep. Okay, 352-389-3997. Uh, let's take a little break, a little bit early, please, production. I'll come back and I'll get into this latest uh, treatment of what I talked about yesterday, if you don't mind. Are you there, my man? Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Maurice T. McDaniel, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All bees poop. Uh, warthog. He's gonna come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Welcome back to Ward Scott Files. Professor Ward Scott here in the Melton Law Studio in the Manly Command Center, the Warhol Command Center. And we'd like to thank, uh, welcome Wendell Lewis Lewis Oil to the show. 
Uh, Lewis Oil is going to be having its uh, 60th anniversary uh, next week, and that's really something. Um, an old-time family, been here for a long time, and uh, is always uh, uh, been uh, right there in the community, uh, supporting the community. And, of course, we know all about fossil fuel and the rap, bad rap it gets right now. I was talking at length yesterday with some fellows about this battery-powered myth of automobiles and things. I don't know if you know this or not, but Husqvarna, Echo, Steel, all of these battery-powered chainsaws are now uh, on the shelf, unusable, because you can't get batteries for them. Um, and uh, these batteries are expensive, 170 bucks for a battery to stick in the chainsaw. And the chainsaw functions extremely well. Um, we're not talking about a little uh, chainsaw that you plug in or something. We're talking about a high-powered chainsaw. Uh, they talked us all into having that. I also have the gas-powered chainsaw, of course. Uh, but I have, of course, a, a, back, a, a, a battery powered, but it doesn't work. I don't have a battery. I can't get a battery. And it doesn't matter what model you have, whether you have one made by Echo, or you have one made by Steel, you have one made by Husqvarna. Uh, all the batteries are made in China. So we've turned out all the cheap labor to China. And we know what that's all about. It extends all the way up through the NBA. And um, they make the stuff, and then we, uh, middlemen, take the profit. But meanwhile, those of us who have bought these machines, and these machines are not cheap, uh, so we're talking about the whole shoe that's going to drop when the fiasco comes along uh, with uh, electric uh, battery cars. Uh, it's the biggest hoax perpetrated on mankind in recent time. And it's being shoved down our throat by uh, these people who are deliberately trying to jack up the uh, gasoline price per gallon to us so that we'll be discouraged from thinking that fossil fuel is the way to go, which is extremely plentiful. Uh, we can run our own. We can do protect our standard of living. Um, and, and so this is one of the big battles going on in this country um, that this January 6th thing is just a kind of a ruse for. But I want to go back and straighten out the record while we got it hot here about the uh, settlement that Boss Hart is going to have to pay uh, to uh, Drotos and Riles. And I'm referring to now something you may not have seen since a lot of people no longer take uh, the Gainesville Sunset. You can see it on Gainesville.com, I think, uh, written by John Henderson, who normally has been a little better than average writer, uh, given the Gainesville Sun standards. Um, and one of, the opening, one of the opening sentences in his article uh, is, of course, misleading right off the bat. I want to correct the record here. Uh, Mr. Henderson writes that an arbitrator is ordering Ballsalt Realty Services to pay near $1.5 for unpaid commissions to two of its former commercial real estate brokers uh, who are facing felony charges theft of trade secrets from the former employer. Uh, no, that's not right. It is uh, uh, commissions plus lawyers fees plus arbitrator fees. Uh, John Henderson doesn't break that down. That's a very misleading statement, okay? Now, how did the lawyer fees get to be so high? How do you think they got to be so high? They got to be high because Boss Hart kept running up the tab, thinking if they just extended this thing long enough, somebody would get worn out. Um, so the, the commission fees are broken down, and, and, and we've got it posted on Wartop Bulletin Board. Um, and even the particular real estate deals for which the commission fees are owed. And... Um, they, they uh, are all out there broken down for you in the sections 19 
um, pro, you know, um, through probably 25. Um, so um, in, in 29, it addresses it in particular. It says um, uh, uh, that uh, none of the uh, 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 breaches uh, that Bossart claimed that uh, Grotos and Riles did uh, uh, was substantiated by credible evidence. Um, um, this included the school board property and all this. It was no, it was no unethical or illegal behavior by Bossart and uh, 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 by uh, Grotos and Riles. Okay, and therefore uh, this is in the in in, in item thirty. Uh, Bossart Real Estate service is not excused from paying the claimants, which is Grotos and Riles, for their commissions they earned, okay? So uh, this is a little bit misleading, is that it is commissions plus the lawyer's fees, plus the arbitrator's fees, none of which would have been necessary had uh, the whole thing just been settled uh, to begin with as um, it could have been done a long time ago, early in the whole process here. Now, the other thing that's kind of interesting here, there's a very grossly misleading, is uh, in Henderson's article, he says that um, uh, the agent sought 80% of back commissions for the roles and property sales. Uh, some of these properties, however, were closed on once they began working for Colliers. The arbitrator's ruling was based on a 50% split of that owed amount. That 50% split was agreed to uh, contractually by uh, the arbitrator didn't set it. Uh, he just said, yeah, what you guys agreed to is, is what you agreed to. So um, that, that, is, that is, all, is all part of the kind of misleading statement here. Um, Donnelly, whom I found to be somebody who is uh, boss arts attorney, you have to watch very carefully. And this is on record, so I'm not making this up. Uh, in the uh, uh, Judge Sieg hearing about whether or not uh, yours truly can be allowed and to hear the to hear the deposing of Cornell, um, it came up that um, uh, the attorney for um, Drotos and Riles had mentioned in her presentation that um, um, there were trade secrets that the word trade secrets came uh, that there were fees and th but no no mention of trade secrets so when Donnelly came back as I recall correctly and I, I can check the record he put words in her mouth and he said well she said that just now that uh, our reason for doing this was because we were afraid we were going to reveal something that shouldn't be revealed. And what, and of course, the judge comes back and everybody else is watching. We, you know, said, no, that's not what she said. So you got to watch this guy, Donnelly. He'll say things that, you know, and it's a technique by people. They will come up and say to you, well, you said when you didn't say it at all. And then if you don't dispute that, you, if you don't say, well, I never said that, then they, they want you to get in that argument because that distracts from the real issue. I'm sure you know people like this. We'll come up and say, well, geez, you said no. I used to know a couple that eventually got divorced uh, that used that on each other. Well, you said such and such when that person never said it, but then it became a point of contention. So that's very misleading. 
And also Henderson writes in his article that Donnelly said, Donnelly said that Bossard tried to make four payments to Grotos and Riles for the 50% commission payment originally, but the men rejected it. Well, what the, there's a word left out. This is what I'm pointing to. And this is in the record. There's a word left out. Bossart tried to make four partial payments. Partial payments. Not full payments. Okay? Not full payments. Bossart was trying to get away with making partial statements. And if you go to item 30, I'll read it for you. I'll just read it for you. Um, it is found that none of these allegation breaches by the claimants was substantiated by credible, competent evidence. And, uh, and, and then the conclusion, which I just read to you a moment ago, uh, the Boss Art Real Estate Service is not excused from paying the claimants for the earned commissions at issue. You see, they were trying to pay partial payments. Well, of course you'd refuse that if you're entitled to the full payment. Why in the heck would you settle for a partial payment? So this is why we have posted uh, on uh, 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 Wartop Bulletin Board the actual Amer American Arbitration Association document that shows the language, and you can go look at it for yourself. Now, also Donnelly suggests that the court has, um, well, this is not, you know, this is so funny because what, what Donnelly is trying to, the, the lawyer for Boss Hart is trying to claim, and then listen to this, and this is basically what he's trying to claim. If, if you have to pay your opponent's legal fees, you still won because he's trying to say, well, we won and they won. No, <laughs> if you had won, you wouldn't be paying your opponent's legal fees. And I will be, I, I will, I will wager, because he says, well, the court hadn't signed off on this yet. Well, that's just because the court hadn't signed off on it yet. So he's trying to put a spin on something that you can't put a spin on if you are paying attention. Now, there's another shoe that's about to drop in this deal that I know about that I can't say publicly yet. And when this shoe drops, when you hear this detail, you're going to really be blown away. And I want you to keep in mind everything Donnelly said. I want you to keep in mind the John Henderson article, and I want you to be able to compare the uh, arbitrator's uh, statement. Because when this shoe drops... You're going to say, wow, wow, wow. And I am very sure it will be made public. And when it's made public, you are going to say, wow. I heard that first on the Ward Scott files. My God. Of course, I haven't revealed to you what you've just heard, but I'm telling you that there's something that you could very likely hear that I know about already, that is going to be a pretty significant shoe dropping. Anybody want to talk about anything? I'm just sort of sitting here.
So you've taken all the notes, you can pass all the tests in, right, students? Everything I said, I ask you, you can pass a test on it, right? January 6th, I want to talk a little bit about January 6th. First of all, let's go back and do a little history lesson here. Let's go back and do a little history lesson. This is according to Douglas Schoen and Andrew Stein, who researched this. In July 2016, John Brennan, director of the Central Intelligence Agency, briefed Obama that Mrs. Clinton gave approval for a proposal from one of her foreign policy advisors to vilify, vilify, vilify Donald Trump by stirring up scandal and claiming interference by the Russian Security Service. This is according to John Brennan's own notes, which Fox News obtained. Okay? To deliberately start the vilification, the date certain that we have from the Sussman trial that it started was July 2016. Plantation Mark says he called in what happened. Uh, we'll find out in just a minute. Um, let me let me check on that, Mark, and we'll find out. I'm unable to see production because of um let me hold on, let me check on that. Uh he's checking. We're checking on it now, Mark. Okay, Mark, you're on, buddy. Okay, Ward. Yeah, yes, speaking of this Rotos and Riles issue with Boss Hart, you know, the, everything's been settled right now, but I'm like you. I want to know who signed off on the uh, SWAT team going in there on that. that. That's what's really got my hackles up up here following this whole thing. And uh, some, somebody at the top... I don't know if Balsar's got enough pull to to go to you know police department and some sign off on it. This this whole thing just intrigues me up here. Well, Mark, you're, pretty, you're a pretty smart guy because you've gone right to the moment. Um, who went to the cops and what did they go with and what did they? used to influence the cops. I know the answer to that, but I can't tell you yet. Okay, well, we'll, we'll stay tuned every day here, Ward, and I just want to say, hope you'll get a little rain down there. I'm expecting some tomorrow, and uh, the corn's starting to tassel, so it, it won't be too much longer to uh, we'll we'll be eating a whole lot of stuff out of the garden. Well, Mark, we had a great yeah. rain. We had a great rain here yesterday at long last. And, you know, I, I learn a lot just by watching the cattle's heads and the cattle's heads are on the ground and, and they're not lifting them. So they're finding green things to chew on. And uh, that's always heavy, uh, nice because the price of hay is so high now because the price of diesel, as you understand how these agricultural economic issues work. And uh, a lot of people being uh, squeezed out. Of course, the consumer feels this at the meat market or at the uh, restaurant when the prices go up. And if you'll notice, as I'm sure you, you've noticed, that um, people pay more and more 
uh, for even a hamburger somewhere at one of the fast food places. So uh, everybody, everything I've been able to learn from people I anecdotally talk with is that they all have got their fingers crossed about the midterm elections and hope there's a huge course correction at the midterm elections. Uh, I can tell you, too, that if there isn't, if there is a, any inkling of a quote unquote voting irregularity, as you know, we're not allowed to say the F word here because uh, we'll be censored immediately. But if there's any, 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 any question about that, and that's why I take so much time going through what happened in the jail here and my analogy of gun dealers and, and supervisors, if I say so myself, is brilliant. And you'll hear it nowhere else in America put that way. So um, uh, that's where we are. And, and we've got to make a course correction. And, uh, and this, this January 6th thing really illustrates it. Uh, this is a, this is a, uh, uh, I'm, I can't, once again, I can't use the F word, but it is uh, a not genuine. Let's put it that way. So um, that's what I'm hearing, Mark. And I'm sure you're hearing the same thing in your neck of the woods. Oh, yeah, yeah, and I want to thank you for having Kat on. She is all over the place on TV, on uh, radio shows, and uh, stuff. I ran across her on Wilkow's show yesterday afternoon when I was out on Sirius XM, and uh, I want to just say thank you for having Kat on. And I found out something. I called my House of Delegates representative the other day, had a very long talk with him about what was going on in Richmond, Come to find out that my state senator, I will no longer be in his district after November. And also uh, my uh, congressman. So my whole district has moved, and I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to end up in a, in a big blue district over here. My whole county got moved out on the new map. So I'm beside myself, but at least I get to vote for the Republicans in November here, and then i got to go fight the Democrats. <laughs> wow, going uh, going east of me over there, so it, it, it's a never-ending battle. But uh, we'll let you guys go, and uh, I'm gonna go out here and get something done after the show. Well, as always, thanks so much for your support, uh, Mark. You really are essential to us being able to bring so many hot topics right straight to the people. And um, I wish we had ten more of you. So um, back to our narrative here. It's um, it's pretty well uh, spelled out here by Doug. Shown and Andrew Stein in the um, in the um, in the article which ran in the journal that um, this was all initiated uh, by uh, Hillary Clinton and it's a um, vilification of Trump and it started in 2016. Now what you're seeing now is okay 2022 six years later you're seeing where we are. Hey Ray, how are you, buddy? I'm going to see you soon. Okay. Hey, excellent, Lord. Good morning. What I wanted to discuss was uh, it's not just the election fraud. It is true that they cannot come up with enough votes to show that Trump would have actually uh, won, even with all the fraudulent votes they found. What Trump was protesting was the fact that several states, uh, election supervisors, uh, changed the voting procedures, regulations, rules, whatever, without changing the state constitution, uh, the laws governing those regulations. In other words, mass mail-out ballots are conducive to fraud. This is what happened in um, many states, including Georgia, Pennsylvania, I believe Nevada. Uh, 
so part of what Trump's issue was in claiming that the election was stolen was the fact that many of these uh, heavily Democratic states went ahead and sent out ballots without them being requested. So in other words, nobody is against mail-in ballots if you request a mail-in ballot and you are a uh, legitimately registered voter that's been certified as such before the ballot is sent out. But to send ballots out to every uh, address, every known address, when several people uh, have been confirmed dead that received one, and uh, several people had moved, and then you have the ballot harvesters who just pick up the ballots, uh, either out of the mailboxes or wherever they get them. I assume some of them are legally obtained from individuals that got the ballots. But how do we know who filled out the ballot? In other words, if the ballot harvesters go around and take the ballots from individuals who don't really know what to do, they fill them out as they please. So um, the insurrection, it wasn't an insurrection. It was a horrible riot. That was horrible. What was an insurrection was what happened around this country in 572 cities where the Democrats, including Kamala Harris, Chuck Schumer, and two uh, many other numerous to name, advocated, condoned, and actually bailed out rioters. They condoned the burning of federal buildings. Kamala Harris said the riots uh, will continue and should continue. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm running off at the mouth. No, here, I think but, you're, I think you're, um, you're making sense. You're making sense. I'm listening. I'm listening. You understand? You understand the nitty gritty of the issue? Yeah. This is going to be glossed over. Yeah, and I mean, Schumer standing in front of the Supreme Court last summer, literally calling for the beating or assassination of the Supreme Court judge. Uh, he did that just as clearly as they want to say that Trump called for a violent insurrection. And even if Trump should have or could have put out a, uh, a memo to the crowd to cease and desist, that was too late. What, what are they, they're going to get the memo uh, while they're already rioting. That was a horrible thing they did. And I viewed last night's coverage. Uh, it was definitely a witch hunt. It's all about Trump. They're not going to convince any decent patriotic citizen not to re, uh, vote Republican uh, this November. Uh, maybe more will be revealed. Maybe Trump is guilty of something. I don't know. If he was guilty of a crime, they would have locked him up by now. What it is is they don't want him back. I don't know that I want him back. I'd rather have DeSantis or somebody that was a little more level-headed. However, under Trump, under Trump, our borders were safe. We weren't being flooded with fentanyl, illegal drugs, sex trafficking, you name it. Uh, Biden... I think has committed treason by not protecting and defending uh, the Constitution of the United States, which clearly doesn't allow um, massive illegal immigration. He's he's actually encouraged it, hasn't he? Um, gas prices—it's ridiculous. These electric cars—they take tons and tons of elements, uh, rare earth elements that we don't even have here, and the diesel tractors that it takes to extract these rare earth elements. We're not near um, self-sustaining green power. I wish we were. That would be wonderful. If they had a tiny little solar cell that they could stick on top of a car and your car ran 500 miles. But we're not anywhere near that. This should be obvious to the most casual observer, including five-year-olds. 
And that's another thing. <laughs> Five-year-olds believe in Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy, yet they're going to give them sexual indoctrination and try to assign gender, re- I mean, try to explain gender reassignment surgery. What is the matter with these people? And it scares me because a lot of people we know, we're not just talking about um, um, people with a lack of education or very, very poor people that subsist on government assistance. We're talking about relatively well-educated people who honestly believe that the Democrats are serving the public in a um, complete and honorable manner. It's uh, and sufficient matter. It's just unbelievable to me that anybody believes this horse manure. Well, thank you. Thank you, Ray, for your uh, well thought out thoughts and uh, articulate as ever. And you've got the type of mind. Of course, you've been involved with the government. Uh, that taught you a lot, I'm sure, where you were in charge of, um, of um, investigating food stamp B and, uh, and had quite a number of eye-opening experiences. I know that you've shared with me have no doubt taught you to look behind the curtain, as I say. So thank you, sir. And I just want to conclude here a little bit with the fact that uh, there is increasingly uh, an obvious feeling, not just shared by uh, our caller, but that um, uh, the January 6th committee is uncredible, not incredible, but uncredible. It has no credibility. Um, It's long ago given up as credibility. And as our caller just pointed out, there are so many uh, double standards at work here. Uh, Pelosi picks, um, uh, handpicks the people, puts pencil neck back in there who cheated all through the uh, Russian collusion hoax uh, investigation, and the secret Ukraine impeachment proceedings. And uh, that guy has been um, absolutely uh, a, a, a mouthpiece of, of um, misinformation, to put it mildly. Uh, we got that guy handpicked. Uh, we've got a stack deck here that Pelosi's picked uh, that would not give you any kind of fair and balanced objectivity to anything that's being spoken about. Uh, so the people have signed out, checked off of this. Um, I haven't looked at it, and I did once upon a time not miss an episode of the Watergate hearings. But that, uh, people trying to go back and compare those, not even close not even close. Um, so how those many people are asking, how can you trust a committee whose uh, who's, who's work the Democrats are openly broadcasting as a political operation? They are openly broadcasting it as a political operation. They're not even making any qualms about that. On the, meanwhile, um, they have uh, smeared the Supreme Court justices our, as our caller I just mentioned. Uh, they pressured Justice Thomas uh, to recuse himself from key cases that didn't fit the outcome they wanted. The Democrats, for the healthy thinker, I'm not even going to make it a party deal. I'm not going to say the healthy non-party uh, affo- affiliate, the Democrat, anybody who's got a, a clear mind and cares about the country, um, know that this is all a preconceived narrative which, as I say, goes clear back to the beginnings, as nearly as I can see, from that moment with Obama and Clinton and Brennan cooking up uh, the, the hoax about Russia. So um, it's been relentless ever since then. It's been supported by the press. It's been supported by uh, these uh, platforms from which we talk to you. 
YouTube and Facebook, they bought into this with their little mechanical re, re, uh, uh, interferences. And uh, meanwhile, of course, on these platforms, people are out there discussing how to put AR-15s together and all that business. Nothing happens apparently about that. So there's not much way this committee uh, can redeem itself. It's um, because of the makeup of it and because of the history of what's gone into the creation of what they're now investigating. Um, they have intentionally, by the way, uh, leaked documents throughout Washington. They've dribbled out documents. They've dribbled out texts, emails. This has been one of their modus operandi. They even did this, obviously, from within the Supreme Court, and they leaked out the uh, Roe versus Wade narrative, which is absolutely logically dead on. Uh, there's no justification for Roe versus Wade in the Constitution. All it does is push it back down to the states for the argument to be repeated there. And, and yet that was a leak, obviously, deliberately to undermine the integrity of the institution. And that's where we are. We uh, Congress's integrity is gone. Uh, Supreme Courts, they're trying to get uh, to, to effect negatively. Certainly the Oval Office has no integrity. Uh, we can understand that right off the bat. Um, Education a long time ago lost integrity uh, because of its uh, slanted, excessive slant to the left. So um, there, there are a whole lot of issues that have to be corrected uh, come fall, or I tell you, the, it will be, we'll be uh, ramping up our discussions rather severely here. So thank you for calling in the um, uh, chat line today. I really enjoy listening to you all. Uh, these two fellows are calling today are very articulate and very much on what's going on. And I think they taught you as well as me how they feel as general members of the society. Um, we're going to hope you have a great weekend. We uh, will uh, be back uh, at the Lord's Will and the Creeks Don't Rise, of course, uh, uh, with you on uh, Monday. We've got some guests lined up for next week, and we'll try to keep you involved with a quality of program as always. Production, thank you so much, as always, for engineering our call-in. And I want to thank you, Lewis Oil, for jumping on board with us. Warthog Command Center out.